0: Welcome, you're listening to the Salesforce Marketing Cloud podcast for the UK financial services community. Our aim is to let you know what's happening, when it's happening and how you can get involved. We'll keep it short and in downloadable form so you can listen wherever you are. Hit subscribe to get notifications of new episodes, news and announcements. I'm Miles,
1: and I'm Jo and we work at Salesforce in the UK. As ever, any views here expressed are our own.
0: That's right. Don't base any purchasing decisions based on what we say. Just sit back, enjoy and learn. So what are we talking about this week, Joe?
1: Well, asked today's hot topic is customer experience in financial services, we'll be looking at the role of customer experience across all customer facing touchpoints, human, digital and everything in between we have a great insider in Carol Lizelle who will be talking about what to think about when designing and executing your customer experience programs and the role people, processes and technology have to play. So let's get into it.
0: Cool, let's do it. Carol, welcome.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, Great to be here. So uh, thanks Miles and Joe for inviting me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Really excited to have you here. You have been having a fantastic career outside of Salesforce, which is why we wanted to get you on the podcast and you've now joined Salesforce. So it might be good just to get a bit of an introduction as to uh, what you were doing before and what you're doing now.
2: Lovely. So I can't believe it, but 32 years experience uh, in the retail banking industry. I certainly don't feel old enough. Um, I've led teams across face-to-face banking, back office operations, customer experience center of excellence. And I joined Salesforce in April of this year uh, as a customer transformation uh, director. Uh, This role is newly created and a newly created team supporting Salesforce. And it's uh, just awesome colleagues uh, with my industry expertise by engaging with the C-suite level of banking to help them with their strategies and translating what this might mean into meaningful outcomes that Salesforce can partner with them on so that they can then deliver amazing uh, service and experience to their customers. Uh, Previous to uh, my time at Salesforce, I was the Channel Service Director at Nationwide Building Society, uh, which I absolutely loved. Uh, The last year of that, I was leading uh, the COVID response on behalf of all of the members there. So that was a very interesting time. Um, I had a very short stint uh, on secondment to an incredible not-for-profit organisation called Future.now who focused on supporting, bridging the digital skills gap that exists within the UK at the moment. Uh, So I would recommend anybody looking up Future.now that's uh, interested in joining that coalition. Um, And then finally, I guess the large part of my career was working at Barclays. Uh, I had many roles over the years that I was there but the last role I led the uh, award-winning Digital Eagle team uh, and I was also the proactive engagement director. Um, Main responsibility was for transforming colleague and customer experience, I guess, in today's digital age.
1: That is absolutely fantastic, Carol. What an amazing background. I have to say that um, I did look you up, so it's interesting that the financial institutions that you've worked in are where I've banked and held mortgages and everything. So I've obviously been a customer of yours for many, many years and you've done an outstanding job. So it's fantastic to have you here at Salesforce as well and for you to share that knowledge and experience that you've got. And it would be great to understand you know, um, how it compares being in, in Salesforce compared to what you thought it might be. Because obviously you've seen the organization from the outside and now you're here. What do you think?
2: Absolutely. Do you know what? I've been really, really impressed. No surprises when you're talking to an organisation, everyone tells you how great it is and what a brilliant place is. But since joining, my expectations have been exceeded. And, um, you know, everything is that my, my values are very important to me and a real sort of part of my, my, my core. Um, so I wanted to join a company whose values align with my own personal values. Um, and this is where those expectations have been exceeded, especially on things like wellbeing and diversity. It's such a strong part of the Salesforce culture. Um, and it's not just a, a tick in the box either. The organization really does put their money where their mouth is and it really invests heavily in these areas. And you can feel the passion and the drive of these colleagues in, in those two areas in particular. So absolutely loving it so
1: far. That's brilliant. And, you know, that reaffirms something that I came across recently in a trailhead that I did on marketing that really helps to promote that even in your marketing efforts, you need to be mindful of diversity and actually really promote the inclusion of minorities and, and go out and, and be the change. So, yeah, I, I really concur. And it's great that you already see that in such a short space of time. So thanks.
2: Absolutely, and and you know, diversity for me is not just about your traditional, whether it be gender or ethnicity, but it's also the diversity of thought and the diversity of background. And, and there, it there is bucket loads of that within Salesforce, and, and you know, it's the diversity of thought that you know I would really encourage people to really start to think about. Uh, you know what that means and and I loved it when when I was being recruited by Salesforce um, I wasn't being recruited for my cultural fit I was being recruited for my cultural add-on what will I add to the culture I think organizations that recruit for cultural fit tend to then recruit in the same mold of the organization and therefore the organization doesn't grow that's why Salesforce is growing at the the pace that it is just because of that diversity of, of thought which is incredible
0: yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, well said. Okay, let's get into the topic of the day, customer experience. So you are an expert in this field. What do you see as some of the top trends in the industry right now for customer experience, Carol?
2: Oh goodness, big big question. Um, so I think for me, customer expectations uh, are rising all the time. In fact, uh, a recent research found that expectations for how marketers, for example, interact with customers are continuing to rise. Um, a related study of consumers and business buyers found 84% of customers say the experience a company provides is as important as its products and services. I mean, that's a huge number. And this is up from 80% just from 2018. Now, there are some amazing brands out there who are absolutely brilliant at keeping pace with this, the likes of Nationwide Building Society or John Lewis, uh, who are among the sort of public's affections Uh, But this affection and the high expectation it drives can exacerbate the effects of a negative encounter. So even consumers who claim to be forgiving of a strong band like John Lewis are no more immune to thinking less of them if they disappoint them. Uh, And there are external influences as well. With the growth of technology, customers are influenced by a much wider set of experiences than ever before. The truth is that customers who are now being delighted by brands such as Amazon and Apple now expect every single organization that they touch to deliver products and services swiftly with a unified and simple user experience. For financial services, the bar for experience is no longer just set by our direct financial competitors. Next, you then have to think about what are the colleagues' expectations? They're also changing, uh, and we need to keep pace with their needs. And trust me, if I had a pound for every time someone told me, oh, well, we've tried this before and it didn't work, or yeah, we already do that, when in truth, they don't, or they don't deliver it to the right expectations because they've then since changed. Customers want quick and easy access, and therefore you need to provide the tools to them and more importantly, show them how to use them. And this includes taking the colleagues on the same journey so they can bring it to life for their customers. All of this needs to be delivered in a more efficient and cost-effective way. Hence why a focus on digital skills to enable your colleagues in their role is absolutely essential. Now, marketeers, for example, can be right at the forefront of this innovation. 79% of them say they they lead uh, customer experience initiatives across their organizations. So it's really, really important that you're taking the colleagues on that journey. One of the things I often say to organizations when I'm talking to them, you've got this big budget that you're setting forward for your digital transformation does your current workforce reflect your future digital self and what investment are you putting into the colleagues to use the amazing technology that you're investing in? Because if you don't invest in those colleagues, guess what? Uh, They're then not going to use those amazing tools that you've invested in and therefore they're going to become insignificant.
1: That's really interesting. I think some of the takeaways from what you've just said there for me are that the financial services industry needs to learn across the whole retail sector on how to do customer service right, because you're, as you said, you're not just being judged against your your fellow financial institution. It's around any customer experience that's that's happening in in their region where they live, um, any exposure that they have, um, and the tools and the investment. Um, Saying that it's just as important to get your customers up to speed on how to use them because otherwise, what's the point? How can you digitally engage? And, you know, I know from recent experience of um, having to do some banking, strangely, with my father and my brother. we've had to set up like a complex signing account. It's been a real challenge (laughs) to try and bring my dad on that journey. He's really apprehensive. All he wants to do is just go into the bank. (laughs) And of course my brother and I are working, we haven't got time for that and we want to use the tools, but then that's alienating him. So his experience of what we're doing would be judged differently than how my brother and I are judging that experience. So, So how do you meet all of your customers in the way that they want to be managed, I suppose, is a challenge. Um, it Absolutely. would be great if um, you could maybe give us some examples of some amazing customer experience initiatives that you've been a part of, or that you've seen and thought, yeah, that's brilliant.
2: Yeah, just so you know, I've been so lucky to to be involved in some of those. And in particular, from my experience, things that just have never been done before. um, I've been really grateful in the organizations that I've worked for that I was given the autonomy and the empowerment to go and try some new things to see how you might engage with customers in a different way and how you might wow them in the moment or make sure that you're there for a moment that mattered to them when they might not have even realized they needed you. Um, one one story springs to mind for me. You, you may recall uh, a few years ago, there was um, very sadly some uh, t- a terrorist attack out in Barcelona. Uh, And this was at a time when I I was leading a team to say, how do you engage with customers when something's going wrong and they might not think to go to their bank for help? But absolutely, we want to build trust. Uh, We want to show them that we care uh, and that we're there for them in the moment. So with the uh, terrorist attack, we were concerned that we thought, goodness, some of our customers might be out in Barcelona. They might be, uh, you know, might be stuck, they might not be able to get back to their hotel room. You know, chances are they'll have their phone on them because everyone has always has their phone on them. <laughs> so how can we show that we're there for them? Within, a, uh, within an hour, we was able to use our data. We was able to isolate all of our customers that had used their debit card in Barcelona for the previous forty-eight hours, we was then able to send them an SMS message to say we understand that you're in Barcelona. If you're stuck, if you're uh, if you need any help, please do reach out to us. Now, it was a very small number of customers that were absolutely out there, um, but we sent those messages out. We gave them uh, some contact details to come back to us, and the you know the customers that came back to us was like, wow, thank you so much. I, you know, pleased to say me and my family are safe, but I just can't tell you how much that meant to us. It, you know it was really, really important. That story is still now spoken about by the CEO of that organization to say that is an amazing way that you can use data to reach out to your customers at a time where they're thinking, well, actually, that's got nothing to do with the brand but it was really, really important to make sure that we were there for our customers. And so there's now so many different examples of where you can use data to, to reach out um, you know, for good. Um, another example I, I can think of is around financial inclusion. Um, trying to spot when you think uh, customers are going to be fall into some financial difficulty. How can you spot the signs before it gets too far? Customers are often too embarrassed to come to people to say, look, I'm really struggling. And it's only when it becomes too late, they tend to get in touch with you. So we started to, to, to again, play around with data to start to think about what are the signs when you start to notice things happening. Uh, and we used a small team and we did a pilot uh, where we were starting to, to reach out uh, with the human touch. So we used the data and we said, and we uh, made, made some of our amazing colleagues uh, in one of my teams, um, to pick up the phone to say, we've noticed this, whether it will be some charges that were going through, uh, whether it would be a deterioration in salary, various um, factors that we were using. We picked up the phone and I'll never forget this story. And it still brings a tear to my eye today. Uh, one of my colleagues uh, picked up the phone to this particular lady um, and she had really fallen on tough times and I won't go into the whole story, but just let's, suffice to say, she was on her own Uh, her income had gone down single parent and we empowered these colleagues today do what's right so this colleague said you know what i'm going to do i'm going to refund there's 150 pounds worth of charges i'm going to refund them for you um and it was all to do with the data to know that it was a loyal customer that we've done business with her data had never been surfaced in the way that it had before to be put in front of this colleague. Uh, but we empowered her and she said to this lady, I'm going to refund these 150 pounds. Now bearing in mind, this was a proactive call. She didn't expect it. This lady turned around and said, if you hadn't phoned me today, I didn't know how I was going to put food on the table for my children tonight because I've literally got two pounds in my purse. And it still catches me to say, when we talk about digital with a human touch, that is an amazing story that absolutely shows how you can use technology, how you can use data for good to reach out to people at a time that's really needed. And that's why I do what I do every single day, because it is just so, so powerful. And we can help so many more organisations surface that power to their colleagues in the moment.
0: Yeah, they are two really powerful examples. And whilst the listeners can't see us, I can see Joe has a tear in her eye right now, listening to that story. So um, yeah, that they they are really powerful examples of how human and digital are coming together and with the right tools, how people can make really impactful experiences. So um, yeah, thank you for that. They, They are some of the best examples I've actually ever heard. So to deliver an experience like that, that kind of a customer experience, what are the key tenants that you think are important to put a proposition like that together what what do you need
2: oh uh, how long have you got (laughs) um so maybe again trying to give you another example if a customer for example calls uh the contact center uh, and makes a complaint due to poor service that complaint handler that's dealing with the customer needs to know every touch point the customer's made every time that the bank has sent them a letter or a message Everyone, they've telephoned and been. you know, how long have you been kept on hold for? Uh, You know, how often have you phoned? So it's about connecting everybody around the customer to create a continuous, I guess, contextually relevant experiences. Uh, If you use that above example, all of the teams, whether it be the branch team, the marketing team, the contact center team, they're all sitting in different locations. Now more than ever with COVID because the chances are they're sitting in their kitchens or in their offices at home as well. So, uh, you know, often with different tools and sometimes that can act as a barrier to seeing the customer and the needs in the moment. So the customer is the same. Their needs are not dictated by channel and the customer expects us to know and recognize them. So therefore, they expect us to anticipate their needs, provide those personalized experiences. So we need to engage wherever they are and make the experience continuous across, I guess, the non-human channels as well. like website, app, chatbots, etc that go through ultimately to the contact center or to the branch staff. Uh, and, you, you know, you think about Jo's example of her brother and her dad, you know, there are three individuals there that do banking in a very, very different way, but have got this almost one example of all working together. So it's about how do you connect that Um, And it's also the the same is also true of brands that are multi-brand organizations. Customers don't care who they contact or where, they expect the same level of service regardless of the department, or the brand that's above the high street. you know. That So these multi-brand organisations, they expect the same level of service and engagement. So everyone in the organization, I think needs to have the same information about the customer and how they've interacted to them. So it's really important that everybody can see the same view.
1: That's amazing. I mean, I'm still a bit speechless from the point you made before, but everything you've said there Um, hearing you put it in the context of real world examples really brings it home to me the importance because all we hear about is data, 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 and everyone's saying, well, AI is going to take everybody's jobs away. But really being able to bring that human touch is what surfacing the right data is affording you. And I loved what you said before around the fact that you just said to your team, do what you think is right. So. Clearly, there has to be a balance of processes that are automated, plus there needs to be a human touch. So you've clearly nailed it when you've looked at, you know, projects or initiatives that you've undertaken. And, you know, how do you determine that balance? How do you approach it? So when you're looking at a a task or a challenge or, or whatever the initiative is, how do you determine where automation stops and the human touch starts?
2: I think you know, there's lots of organizations out there that are doing this well, and I think those that are understand that technology is not a replacement, but it's the enabler. So to break down the silos that exist everywhere and act as a barrier to collaboration around the customer needs is absolutely critical. So to deliver those sort of great customer experiences, you need to scale with the technology and I guess leverage the personalization and AI everywhere the customer is, whether that has to be, as I mentioned earlier, on the website or the app or social media. And I guess it's then you need to collect all of that really rich data and obviously making sure you're doing it in a compliant and transparent way. Um, of course. Ensure, <laughs> that <it's, laughs> ensure that it's surfaced at the right time uh, to inform those human interactions So that blend is what delivers the rich customer experience. If that's done right, you can also take out cost as well, which many organisations, of course, they have to do. And that way, if you're taking the cost out with the sort of day-to-day transactional uh, items, you're then ensuring that the humans are then left dealing with the true moments that matter and therefore they've got the time to engage in a more meaningful conversation and a deeper conversation with their most valuable customers and for me that's the digital with the human touch and the balance
1: fantastic and and obviously that brings around the customer retention which you know in the open banking economy the importance of that has just soared so getting this balance right is absolutely crucial agreed
0: I think in um, in still, there is a very strong place though, for people going into branches. I mean, we see financial services companies closing down a lot of branches today for a number of different reasons, but there's still a really strong role for that. Um, and we also see the increase of demand for new digital channels. So uh, you know, websites are becoming more uh, advanced and offering more services, people are engaging across email, social, ad channels. How do you see, or could you give us some examples of how you see those non-human and those digital channels coming together across, say, service, uh, service marketing, and branch teams?
2: Yeah, I think, again, take the contact center example. Many um, have effectively turned to technology to optimize, I guess, operation to speed up call handling time and reduce costs, which makes sense. Uh, this ultimately helps the customer too, because hopefully you know more people are available and they can get it done uh, in the moment. So this might be leveraging bots or partially identifying the customer via invoice or mobile number, for example. Many organisations are doing that today. Likewise, marketing have invested in technology to personalise the content on the website, on their app, email comms nothing worse than getting things that are sent to you that are absolutely you know meaningless um branch staff for example have invested in better systems and training to identify customer needs and improve that experience and i think where the magic happens um, and i guess the battleground for customer experience is linking all of that up scaling uh, with technology and making actionable data available to all to benefit the customer, which is what we were speaking about earlier. So can that contact centre agent see that the customer made an inquiry in the branch or on the website that's not yet been completed? How can they help? How can you join the dots? Does the website recognise that the customer has a mortgage with you already, for example? Should they really be seeing that promotion or proposition or something relevant? You know, if a customer has expressed that they have an issue in social, um, are you able to pick that up and resolve it proactively? Uh, and are you able to automatically suppress uh, programmatic advertising to that customer alone if it's inappropriate? Um, and when you think about, you know, what we were talking about making sure we're using data in the right way. With regulation increasing but for customers who are vulnerable, the ability to identify this at the right time to ensure the right outcome is absolutely critical. So thinking about, for example, uh, again, a customer in financial difficulty or with a problem associated to a specific product, for example, it's completely wasted cost for the brand to advertise and it could lead to a poor uh, customer outcome um, and it could also uh, end up in a complaint to the organization, which of course loads costs back in. Done in the right way with the right information will lead to a better outcome and a better experience for the customer.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it, it sounds, we take the Barcelona example, you had that ability to see the customers as one where they were identify and segment them quickly to identify who's in Barcelona having the tools and the capabilities to do that is key and you know I think that's somewhere salesforce does very well if we look at the customer data platform um, that that's a, that's a strong play there and we see things like interaction studio being able to tie together, the non-human interactions across you know, web app, email, those different channels that you just talked about, and then surface those out to the contact center or the branch staff. So I think there's, there really are lots of technology solutions to that available in the market today. Uh, we have lots of happy customers, but in your experience, what is it that practitioners, managers, leaders, struggle with the most of, of pulling all of that together? and delivering what you've just discussed, what what is the biggest challenge and barrier that you see in your career?
2: Yeah, uh, and it's interesting when I think about, you know, there's so many different departments in in banking organisations, you've got your finance, you've got your marketing, you've got your HR, you've got your front office, your back office, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of teams out there. In my experience, not everyone is convinced to prioritise customer experience. Not everyone sees it as important as income or profit. You know, they're, they're the drivers. Not everyone sees the link between income and profit on customer experience. Um, and really interesting, not everyone sees that customer experience is their role. They think it's the role of the customer facing colleagues. They don't see it as their own role. So for, you know, if you work in a HR team, for example, they need to make sure they have the most amazing, policies and processes to enable the frontline colleagues to be able to deliver that experience. They need to make sure they've got the best training programs. So therefore customer experience is a big part of their role. If you're sitting in a back office and you're just processing your data processing, for example, If you don't get that right, then the customer-facing colleagues are the ones then that have to pick up the pieces, or the complaint handler has to pick up the pieces that anybody in the organisation has to touch. So, um, not everybody as well understands the cost of bad service. So, if that one thing is wrong, or if that policy is not quite right, or if the training is not spot on, it can lead to a poor experience, and that loads cost back into the organisation. And if you go back to not everyone seeing it as their role, I think not everybody can define what customer experience means within their team. So how do you define what that means? So service and experience is everybody's role. Back office, front office, HR, risk, finance. Nobody is exempt, but they need to understand how they play their part. All the decisions and investment need to be insight driven by colleagues and customers. So make sure that you are truly listening to the colleagues and customers and what they're saying and link it back to your purpose and vision. It has to be leader led. Be the change that you want to see and don't be the naysayer in your team. Find one reason why that you can deliver things rather than the 10 reasons why you can't and for me ensure that customer experience is part of your performance culture and reward it as such the link between customer experience and employee experience is evident now more than ever in the digital world so for me as i say the the technology is incredibly important because you have to surface it in the right way but it's the enabler to make sure that you can do it with the human touch
1: that was my favourite quote there, Carol be the change you want to see. So, <laughs> um, and you know, it reminds me of uh, the post that kind of went viral around LinkedIn, where there's always that debate around who's first in your organisation, your customer or your employee. And I think Richard Branson's the one that really shone a light on that one. And the truth is, they're of equal importance, it's circular. I think that's what we're saying here. Um, and obviously, you're part of the customer transformation team here at Salesforce. So it would be great if you, because, you know, I'm not even sure, what, what what is it you do?
2: Well, as I say, we're a newly created team. Our purpose is to accelerate the transformation, of particularly of our strategic customers, partnering with the account teams to ensure, to achieve, I guess, that, breakthrough growth and multi-year partnerships. So we support senior leaders within our relevant industries to help them define for what example customer experience means to their organization and how can technology enable this. So having delivered transformation, colleague and customer transformation myself, I can go in with real credibility and say, I've got a scar here. Uh, I've learned from this here. Let me help you with that. And then I've then got the power of Salesforce sitting behind me that says, and let us partner with you because we absolutely want to help you to achieve your purpose, your vision, ambitions, um, maybe talking in their language. To, so, you know, software can be so, uh, incredibly overwhelming because it's so cool and there's so much of it. So how can we help them to translate and get the true meaningful outcomes for their customers? Um, I guess it's also worth mentioning that I think when we talk about big strategic partnerships and things like that, people think, oh my goodness, you've got to, you know, really go all big bang all, all at once. But I think it's worth mentioning that our customers don't always need to go big bang transformation as well. So sometimes transformation starts with evolving or renovating in order to unlock or fuel a small part of transformation. So a bit of what we do sometimes is say to some of our customers, Give us a business problem to solve and let's take it away and then we'll come back to you. So it could be a real small thing that just gets the the ball rolling as well. So I think people think it has to be this big bang. So sometimes you can start small, um, you know, and Salesforce, I think, are a great organization uh, to help uh, uh, many of the banks, uh, building societies, financial services uh, to achieve wherever they are on their journey
0: yeah what 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 great insights thank you so much carol that's been um it's been a really good session and it will still stick in my mind as the first to to bring joe to tears so
1: yeah (laughs) you definitely got me there carol this has been a bit of an emotional roller coaster unexpectedly but you know i've loved hearing your stories your experience your enthusiasm and passion you've really energized me um and you know this Everything you've said absolutely typifies what we're trying to do at Salesforce. So so thank you for that huge boost. Um, And I will be reaching out to you after this. Um, Clearly someone I need to have in my network. So it's been great to meet you here today. Um, And I just wanna say a huge thank you. Been brilliant.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe to be notified of new episodes Reach out to us on LinkedIn or email us at podcastuk at salesforce.com if you want to give us feedback or suggest content for new episodes. Until next time.
1: Thanks for listening.